all your properties. You can put your wholesale fixer upper properties on the MLS if you have your as is purchase agreement and your AIF. You see them online, real estate entrepreneurs, but how are they doing it? And what are they doing different? We've got the answers. This is the Real Estate Block. Interviewing real estate entrepreneurs doing consistent real estate deals. If you want to be a real estate entrepreneur or you're already in the business, we've got on the pros that give the secrets and strategies to make it happen. This is the Real Estate Block. And this is your host, Aaron Gaunt. All right, right, right. Welcome to the Real Estate Block podcast. Um, I'm here with my wife. Uh, we did a podcast a couple days ago, and I messed up the audio. But what we're going to talk about, which we did in the last podcast that you guys didn't listen to, was about novations. Um, it's a big uh, topic these days, and we're doing a lot of them. And I got my beautiful, beautiful <laughs> wife here with me today to talk about novations because she handles a lot of the back end stuff. And title and escrow. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, uh, what I want to talk about today is, you know, paperwork. Uh, what are we seeing? Um, so we do novations nationwide um, at this moment. Who knows if this is going to change next year? I don't know. But right now that's what we're doing. Um, so kind of go right into it. My love of my life. Um, what is a novation? Why are people doing it? Well, uh, obviously, novation just is, I think we've talked about this before, like a Latin word for new contract mm-hmm. you know a, a new contract over what you already have um but essentially in the wholesaling space it's you know taking your purchase agreement with all the right other paperwork that needs to be signed and putting it on the market to get it in front of people with conventional funding so not just your typical cash buyers mm-hmm. and investors with hard money loans and and cash but um getting properties in front of people with conventional loans va fha so on and so forth. Oh, but just opening the doors to more more buyers. Yeah, because um, if you uh, if you've been sleeping on a rock or you just got into real estate, last quarter interest rates started going up, which put a lot of buyers to the uh, sideline. A lot of buyers got scared. Um, not, not 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 so much the case now. I mean, we did just get another interest rate uh, spike, but anyways. Um, so innovation has always been around, but everybody started running innovations back then. It was funny. It's been preached about for a long time, but then when people needed it last quarter, the guys the guys who were selling their innovation courses just made a killing because because <laughs> it was a necessity. Yeah, one person I talked to when uh, since we're nationwide is so we use Brandon Bateman for our um, PPC ads. Um, I get that question a lot, and we use them. Fantastic friend of ours, actually. Bateman Collective. Yeah, sorry, Bateman Collective. I was calling Brandon because he just he's just a good buddy of mine, <laughs> and so. Um, one thing he says is if you're going to go nationwide, you got, if you're going to be able to put these properties, if you're going to be able to dispo these properties, you got to put them on the MLS somehow. And that mm-hmm. is novating them, um, flipping them, doing a hotel. Um, you know, so, um, and again, uh, ho- hotel is, I think that's what they call them. Obviously we, hotelling? yeah, yeah. hotel is <laughs> where you take it down, right? You take it down and you put some carpet and paint on it and put it back on the market. So they have to touch the MLS somehow. And so what we do is we novate them and the proper paperwork, again, seek an attorney, Yeah, seek an attorney, seek um, your legal stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. wherever you're at. Um, but 
um, the paper that we use, and as far as I understand, everybody's really using it. There's another way to do it. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to talk about it. But there's three pieces of paperwork that you need. You need your as-is as is purchase agreement. You need your AIF, that is an attorney in fact. And you need your novation identification agreement. What that means is uh, when you got your purchase agreement, um, you know, you got you got it's it's your net price to the seller. And again, this is all transparent to the seller. They know you're telling you're telling them everything from from the get go what you're doing, right? You're bringing a third party to the to the table, um, and that's you know it could be off market because we do it all the time. You know, we we're just it doesn't matter. It's it's all in our contracts where we're bringing them to the table. It's either going to be off market. Um, it gives us the right to put them on market, um, and that's where the AIF comes in. That they gave us basically limited power of attorney to sign listing docs, mm-hmm. offers, but at the very end. They actually sign off the warranty deed at the very end. Yeah, the seller still signs all the, the closing docs. We sign the they sign the closing docs, but it gives us the ability to um, list it with the realtor. Mm-hmm. That goes into my next point. Oh, and then so and then you got your novation agreement. So you got AIF. Yeah. Now you got your novation agreement, sweetheart. Why would we need the document novation agreement identification? That's really going to come into play when you have conventional uh, funding. Because what they need to see, you know, when you have the purchase agreement between your, the seller and yourself, you have, you know, the seller is technically selling that house mm-hmm. to us, right? Or to the wholesaler. Then as you're signing the uh, listing docs, you know, even though you're signing the listing docs, it's, it's, you're signing it by AIF, mm-hmm. by, for the seller, blah, blah, blah. But basically what it looks like is the seller is selling this property twice, right? Mm-hmm. Once to us and then once to the on-market uh, buyer that comes to the table and the novation agreement basically helps wipe all that out and um what's the right word for it sorry um gets rid of our purchase agreement essentially and then covers the new agreement mm-hmm. um and, and, and again in there it does state that the seller's still netting what was on the original purchase agreement any difference mm-hmm. left over is what is our fee um, so it just it it becomes quote unquote a new contract and it covers and replaces all the other ones. Right, and you might ask yourself, why in the world would somebody novate or um, why in somebody in the world would have you bring a third party buyer to the table? Why wouldn't they just go list it with the realtor themselves? Well, I don't know either. No, no, no. <laughs> so let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Um, just do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let me tell you why it's, it's convenience. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all convenience. Um, so we call it our concierge service, white glove service. They don't have to, they don't have to deal with the agents. They don't have to deal with the walkthroughs, uh, you know, uh, the showings, then, or well, the scheduling of it. I would ske- say the scheduling of it. Great. Great. Yeah. The scheduling of everything. We, we handle everything. We handle the negotiations because the cool thing is, Picking the best offer, they're gonna, they're gonna, they want to walk away with a net, net number, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, why would somebody sell their property at a discount? And you gotta understand, th- these are our clients. Our clients want a net number. They want it to be handled um, without them. You know, they got, they got stuff to do. Sometimes, some people, you know, value convenience. It's mm-hmm. kind. I always like to use like DoorDash as, right. as an example, right? Why would I go pay twenty dollars for a sandwich? You know. Versus driving there and getting it for five. Or getting it for five because it's convenience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all. That's that's pretty much it. And sometimes, and, and we do help out with a lot of stuff. Like we help out um, 
if the property needs, you know, minor repairs, mm-hmm. uh, we help out with possibly moving costs if possible. Um, but we do everything for them, um, to really help to make, to really get that wide glove service, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't just put it on the market and find buyers and not update them, right? We're constantly updating them. We're, we constantly have a time limit on, um, on them. So we're constantly keeping it, it transparent the entire time. And just mm-hmm. remember up front, we keep it totally 100. We keep mm-hmm. it 110% transparent. Tell your sellers this is not this is not the um, old Wild Wild West anymore. We're not telling. Don't don't be that crappy wholesaler. We're not telling them exactly you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Well, we're not in the market. You know, in the 2020 to 2022, where any property you locked up, you know that you could you could find a buyer for it because people were just begging for properties. Mm-hmm. Now and so you had it easy. You could sell property sight unseen. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in an hour, we were selling them. We would blast the property out and have it sold in an hour. Um, and be sight unseen. So you didn't have to really, you could um, not tell the seller as much because you really, there was not a good many walkthroughs. It was going to get taken care of. But now when we're not in that market, because the interest rates are back up and then things are a little bit different, um, you have to be more transparent with them because buyers want to get into these properties. They mm-hmm. want to see them. And so you can't hide behind the like sight unseen anymore you have to tell them because they're going to be, they're going to be so confused when you start sending agents and random people mm-hmm. to come walk their house or, for or, sure. or when they want to do an open house for the weekend, if you have it on market, like, so you, you got to be a hundred percent transparent with them. Yeah. And so one thing we do too, and how, and if you want to learn how to pitch it, um, you know, you know, we're going to, we're going to do some stuff. We're going to probably do some webinars and all that stuff. we got a course coming out here uh, shortly just to, you know, begin a lot of questions on how to do these things. And finally, I'm just going to come out with the course and just say, Hey, go, go <laughs> to this course. This is where I have all the material, all the stuff that we have now. Yeah. And obviously that's not up yet. So just look out for that. But there are definitely ways to, to get that, to get that concierge service, no vading, um, bringing a third party to the, to the table. Um, pitch down and mm-hmm. do it correctly right we do this we all of our properties get the get the paperwork done now they all know they're going to our concierge service members it's your, it's your type of client so we always we always pitch them with the cash offer we always make it sound super bad right hey this is our low low cash offer um if they it should be so low where they're it's obvious no mm-hmm. and, and it then, makes the concierge concierge number look great it makes the concierge service um yeah look great now if they do accept your low 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 cash offer then great you you have a great you have a great deal in your hands yeah um so that happens every once in a while every blue moon but um here's the thing too i'm gonna i'm not gonna just talk to you guys about the glam and glory like people do on their podcast we like to come here and and give the real deal Mm -hmm. now there are struggles and and everything to make sure you know something we learned a lot this past year on to make sure we um we nailed this down um i mean we paid people we paid mentors we paid Coaching, we we learned through it the thicks and thins. Uh, you know, I did. A, I I got a lot under contract. I built a team now that locks up these contracts uh, constantly. Um, I got tons and tons of recordings that are going to be in a new course on how to how to lock these uh, kind of contracts up and um, deal with the objection. Dealing with the objections, right? So one thing one thing we found out is you know our last. Last couple of months, um, one of our struggles was we were getting we were novating a lot of stuff, but they were just skinny deals, mm-hmm. and you really can't build a, a business on skinny deals. You want jet, you want big, fat, juicy deals, right? And so, one thing we learned 
um, you know, it was, just, it was just killing us. You know, you don't want, again, you don't want those skinny deals. So what, so we had to dig deep on like, okay, is it, is it our dispo side? Is it our acquisition side? Um, like, do, are we just not getting deep enough? And yes, and guess what? That's what we found out. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting deep enough. It was more, it, instead, instead of pitching, um, the low, low cash offer, like they should have to make the concierge service look really good. We were, um, what was it? We, I'm drawing a blank here. We started at the number that we like our max allowable offer for a cash. And then we went up from there for the concierge service. No. Yep. So, and so what they were doing is they were making the, the concierge, I mean, I, and I would even be guilty of it. The concierge service, we were um, kind of starting at the MAO on on some of these deals and, and that was just a bad practice. And Mm -hmm. uh, we thought that if we put them on the MLS, it was just going to go anyways. Right now they still moved. It was great, but it was just, they were just killing us because we were, we were, shaving out these, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 2,000 mm-hmm. deals. And we were doing a lot of them, but it was just like, it just, it wasn't adding up to the time and effort that we were putting into these, right. uh, these deals. So now things have changed. We're getting them a lot lower. Mm-hmm. We're getting these now, um, juicy, juicy deals. Our team is now, it's going to help our dispo side a lot better as well. Um, so just keep that in mind. Get them, just like my uh, first mentor said, Tom Kroll, get them as low, low as possible. Mm-hmm. And also, if you don't get them as low as possible, you're doing your seller disservice because now you're going wasting for- Wasting their time. You're wasting time. You're getting price, you know, price reductions and stuff like that. So not good. Nope. Um, that being said, how are we novating? Because there, there are a few ways that we are getting these on the MLS, right? There's flat fee services, mm-hmm. and then there is what, Michaela? Uh, direct agent. Yeah. Well, I guess you call it direct agent. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I, so I was, so even last year, we were putting all, we were putting them on the flat fee service, and we realized that was crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, and um, it was crap. It, well, yeah. <laughs> well, but let's talk about why. I mean, there yeah. was, you know, we were, because we were doing it nationwide, we were in markets that we were not familiar with. If we did a flat fee service mm-hmm. here in Southern California, I could have a bet. We all could have better conversations with these agents, even though half our team is not licensed. Yeah. Because we're in our backyard. We know the rules. We know the laws. We don't know the laws and the rules of all 50 states. Mm-hmm. So we were getting these agents, one, they're, they were seeing the the listing as, you know, flat fee service only. And I red think that flag. was, yeah, causing a red flag for some agents. And then two, when the agents would call and then start talking to our dispo people, they'd start rambling off different lingo mm-hmm. for their state that we had no idea. And then it made it made us look even worse. And then it threw up even more red flags. Right. Um, and so what we learned, um, and you had him on your podcast, uh, Rich Wonders, mm-hmm. is... Yeah, go, go, going, go check out that podcast. Great podcast. Yeah, and his course. Um, going direct to agent. And having them list it. Now, yes, does that mean that you're, yeah, the flat fee service, 500 bucks, cool, you can make more profit, but you're going to be working a lot harder. Mm-hmm. With going direct to agent, you're leveraging somebody else's time. So now, instead of our team, you know, each of our dispo uh, girls only being able to say handle two to three properties, they can now handle eight to 10 properties because now they've got agents working, you know, on the back end mm-hmm. to get the property listed. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you have to, you, but you have to accommodate for that. That's why you got to make sure your, your calculation calculator of how you're finding your MAO is on point, you know, adjust for that and um, make sure that that's covered. 
But then you're you're leveraging these agents that are in their area that know the area, know the rules, know what what area is good, what area is bad. They know buyers already in that area and are going to have an easier time selling the property than we would from the outside. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know every little town in Indianapolis or every little town in Pennsylvania, but yep. they do. Yep. Yeah. So that's what we do. Um, flat fee services were um, a huge red flag when buyers, because you got to keep in mind when we were listing a property and you would see, and buyers are going to look at that. To, to, sorry, buyers agents are going to bring their buyers and they're going to see that on the MLS and they're going to see it's a flat fee service, which is red flag. They, um, we were dealing with a company where the calls weren't coming through. Um, so her, like a recording our, di- our di- yeah, I was going like two or I was going to a recorder, not, not to our actual dispo agent. Um, so it was just like, we were just hearing crickets and we didn't know why. So anyways, I thought, and it's funny, I thought that these, these flat fee services had some in with paperwork and everything and the NAR, NAR, um, NRA, NAR, NAR, NAR. Um, I thought they had some like end to be able to list these properties. And I didn't know that just that paperwork that we had, I could, we could just, you know, we had the AIF. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know that we could actually go to direct to agent Mm -hmm. and list it. Now, again, that's, again, that's just me being real again. Like I was a little ignorant, (laughs) but, and then when I had, when I was talking to my buddy, Rich, and then he was like, yeah, we go to straight to agent. I said, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so, so immediately I said, Rich, I need you to teach me this real quick. Teach teach me this. Right. So he teach, he teaches us. And within like a week, we had like 20 properties on the market with 20 different agents. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, yeah. So obviously there was a lot to learn because now you got to find a good agent, a good responsive agent and marketing it. Cause you know, one in every 10 agents is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you need an agent that's not just going to list it and leave it. Exactly. Like they need to be actively reaching out in the area. Like you, you need a hustler. Yep. So we have three dispo reps now, and they're constantly qualifying agents. They're caught. They're calling uh, ten to twenty agents. They're they're making sure they're getting their CMAs, uh, basically comps to us as fast as possible. We want it, and that's mm-hmm. that's called the interview process. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you this: the CMA. When an agent says a CMA, that tells me everything. I almost everything I need to know about that agent. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an agent who. Her and her broker, I don't know what in the world they were thinking, but they sent us a CMA on this property, mm-hmm. basically um, saying they could list it for this one price. And and I looked at them like, there's no way it didn't add up. The comps didn't support it. And I was sitting there like, yeah, they could list that if it was in mint condition. Mm-hmm. But it showed me that like they didn't really know what they were talking about. You right. know, they were they they were sitting in this mindset of. You know, with most when, when they're dealing mostly with sellers of getting them the most for their property. And it's like, no, 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 no. We still want to get the most for the property, but we also want to price it to where it's going to sell in two weeks, yeah. not sit for six months. Yeah. So always so you w- always want to make sure you're looking. That was another learning thing is that you don't want to look for ARV. You want to look for, for like as is comparables, right? A lot of these mm-hmm. properties that we're going to get through our marketing strategies, um, you know, they're going to be a little more beat it up. Uh, they're going to be yeah. more a little outdated. Um and so they're still livable. They can still get a loan on, loans on them, but um, you just need gotta to go, price it accordingly. You just gotta price it accordingly, right? And you want to. Anyways, that's a whole another topic for another day. But because um, well, we've sold, we have sold beat up properties on the market. We just had to have it at the right price. Because, and we, I think we kind of skipped over earlier, but you know, let's talk about the reason why you would want to put on the MLS instead of just off market, mm-hmm. and that's because you're gonna you're opening up your buyer pool. Um, because not every investor, you've got a twofold. Not every investor will look for properties on the MLS. 
but also not every investor knows how to look for them off market and they think that they only know how they can only find them on the MLS. Right. So, you know, a lot more like probably newbie investors and stuff like that. Or they also have agents that they tell them that they just look for properties, you know, ongoing for them. Well, yeah. those agents also don't know always how to look off market. Yeah. They only know how to look on market. So all you're, you're just, it's getting as many eyes on that property as possible. Cause there's a buyer for every property. Mm. It's just finding that buyer. Yeah. So if you're only going to market off market, market to off market buyers, you're missing a massive pool of people mm-hmm. that you would never have hit had you not put it on the MLS. Yeah. And so uh, let's, let's just put the elf, point of the elephant in the room. Um, a lot of people think that because you have an investor lift, you investor lift cartel, lieutenant, mode, whatever that might be, that you could go dispo any property anywhere um, throughout the nationwide. And that is not the case at all. Investor lift is only in very small, um, very, sorry, very small portion of what you could actually dispo there. And um, obviously, if it's not a big metro area, um, yeah. it might be a little harder. Yeah, the rural um, areas are a little bit harder. Rural areas, but not just. But here's the thing: it's more like I was, you know, you could go on Investor if you could see where they're they're big at. Now, I always like to tell my team, even though we do pay for cartel mode and Investor Lift, still a great tool that we use that we that we're able to have in our back pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always say, if you can't if you can't sell it on Investor Lift in 24 or 48 hours, uh, we need to get on the MLS as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And because and you know, if it flies off the Investor Lift and that that quick, it's good. Get it off. Get off your plate. Yeah. But don't think Investor Lift is going to be um your end all be all right a lot of people are out here right now um <laughs> a lot of people are out here trying to say hey jv with me jv with me because i have investor lift right so it just because they have investor lift right there are so many different other strategies um investor lift is i like to call it our ugly um our ugly sister our ugly stepsister <laughs> because um uh, I, mls is going to be the best best way to dispo a property um when you're nationwide Mm-hmm. If you're in like one market, like it could be one or two markets where Vestlift is uh, good. That's, oh, for sure. That's great. So anyways, we still pay for it. It's a great platform. I love it. Yeah. But I, I try to tell my guys like, hey, you know, I need these on the market. Push them on the market. Well, it's, just, the market. It's, it's just, I think the, the sum it up, it's don't rely on one source. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do hit all sources. I we mean, ha- we they have- post it all over in Facebook groups and Marketplace, on Craigslist, on InvestorLift, on, you know, all kinds of stuff. Right. Um. Yeah, to and, get as many eyes on it as possible. Yeah, we'll definitely go over. Um, we'll definitely have an episode on like all of our different strategies that we do use. I mean, we have we have a checklist of twenty different um, strategies. So all of our dispo people, you know, if a property hasn't been moved or um, we haven't got our three offers for that specific property, we look up that checklist and we say, all right, how, how many things have you have you done everything on this checklist to make sure you were able to move this property? What mm-hmm. it, how many buyers were you, were you you know did you talk to? We look at the numbers um, up and down. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, that's all I got for uh, today about uh, novations. Obviously, that's a quick overview of um, novating a property. Again, novations are for mostly for the banks. Uh, but if you want to get everything on MLS, get your AIF and as is purchase agreement. And then if a bank if a bank comes along, get that novation agreement signed with your seller and tell them everything that's going on. Uh, but other than that, um, you can find my beautiful wife on Instagram and Facebook. She's shaking her head because... <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is your, uh, fi- uh, Instagram, uh, name? Uh, just at Michaela Gaunt. At Michaela Gaunt. You hear that last name? Gaunt. She is my, uh, lovely wife. I love that. <laughs> so <awesome>. <laughs> 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 I love flirting with her. Anyways, um, 
and obviously um, hit us up. Please, please share this episode with anybody that might, you know, want to know a little bit more about Novations. If you have any questions, please hit us up. You know, we're, we're, lo- we're you know, we love helping out the community. We love helping out others um, with their deals. If you have a deal that, you know, need to be uh, moved, uh, let us know. Like I said, our, our girls, all of our people on our Dispo team are girls. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a boys versus girls right now. <laughs> yeah. And they are crushing it. They are unbelie- yeah. they're unbelievable. They're professional. Um, they're go-getters. Um, they're in here every single day from um, 8 to 5, um, just on the phones. They do work a little bit overtime as well. So they're crushing it. Um, they would so happy to help you um, move your properties if, yep. you need, if you need help. So anyways, um, hey, man, we're going to see you next time. Do you have any last words for us, Michaela? Nope. Good-looking woman. <laughs> All right. We'll see, we'll, we'll see you next time here at the Real Estate Blog Podcast. You've been listening to the Real Estate Blog. If you want to be a real estate entrepreneur, or maybe you're already in real estate, but you're ready to take it to the next level, this is where you come to get the secrets to make it happen. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. See you next time on The Real Estate Block.